This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Start listening today, and remember, the Force will be with you, always. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And this week, we're being joined by one of the, the better-known movie villains out there. And of course, <laughs> he's done other things as well. Uh, and that and that's our guest tonight, uh, Jasper Cole. How's everyone doing? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Well, I can't speak for Derek. <laughs> well, poor Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, are you doing, are you doing good? Yeah, I'm yeah. doing pretty good now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, um, you have a film coming out January 1st, you said, uh, called Captured? Yeah, I have a new film called Captured. Uh, I play Shelly, who's kind of a uh, creepy groundskeeper. It's it's basically the story of a, a young rock band who, who go back to the uh, lead singer's house to shoot a music video. And when they get there, they meet Shelly. I'm sort of the uh, keeper of a lot of secrets and kind of a red herring. A lot of people think I might be worse than I really am. So I was sort of the old guy in the, in the group. I got to work with a great a bunch of great young actors, singers. Okay. How how did you get involved with this particular film? Um, this film was actually a uh, straight offer from a casting director that I had done TV shows from, uh, Kendra Patterson. And we actually shot this movie originally six years ago. And uh-huh. as indie, I know, uh-huh. right? As in, indie <laughs> films tend to take a long time to come together. We did a, a lot of reshoots on it. And so it's been a long time coming. But uh, it's first time director. Joe Arias and like I mentioned, these great young actors, Brittany Curran and Kirsten Zion from the Twilight movies and uh old Jasper Cole, the veteran. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so how is the uh, new director to work with? The 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 new director? Yeah, you know, I it's great. I, I like working with these young directors because they're they've got a lot of passion and they're not bitter and jaded mm-hmm. and uh, they're <laughs> they're they're still excited, you know, to work. So uh, this film, and then I had another film recently, anyone anyone home, which was also another uh, first time director as well yeah okay now we were originally pitched to have you on of course we love talking about the new stuff yeah but i think this is also exciting too because you know, who have thought wow that that came out 10 years ago you were val kilmer's sidekick in mcgruber yes zeke zeke Plachette. and then you I, I was looking going back trying to remind myself who else was in the movie because there were so many people i know there was a bunch of pro wrestlers involved in this as well right right what let's let's talk some mcgruber here i know what, first of what, all I can't, I can't believe it's been 10 years either you yeah. know uh it was uh, it's funny because it was the summer right before uh, bridesmaids hit really big. So, you know, Kristen Wiig was not quite the big star that she is now, but right. we had uh, Ryan Felipe, Powers Booth, Val Kilmer, uh, Seth Myers was one of the writers, one of the producers. You had Will Forte, Maya Rudolph, John Cena. I'm trying to think of the other wrestlers and I'm blanking, but um, uh, Big Show was in it? Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, Chris uh, yeah. Jericho. Jericho. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, MacGruber, there was all this great expectations for it at the time, and it didn't quite make the money at the time. But in the last 10 years, it's kind of kind of had this sort of cult following, especially with the college kids and the millennials. They've really sort of latched onto it because it's just so crazy. <laughs> Crazy and over the top, you know. Now, I know um, this was based on a Saturday Night Live sketch, correct? Yeah, Will and uh, Kristen. But it was based on the original uh, Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver. MacGyver, Right. And now they've done done a remake again of MacGyver. But this was kind of, yeah, right? This was kind of a spoof on... A spoof on the original MacGyver. The originally it was because I remember around the similar time period, uh, Howard Stern was involved in a project that was loosely based on Baywatch. Oh right! Oh, and, that's right. Sons of the Beach or something. Yes. And yeah. I, I was like, okay, I know the actors are different, but I couldn't remember <laughs> right. which one, I, I mean, off the top of my head, which one was based off SNL, which one was based off uh, Star. Because yeah. I, I do remember the MacGruber sketches now on um, SNL when they did it there as well. Yeah, it was always, remember, like, um, there was always a bomb ticking and they had, like, 20 seconds to, to yeah. keep it from, from blowing up. Yeah. And it, it always blew up. Yeah. Um, but I grew up, I don't know, I was a huge Saturday Night Live fan growing up. So, you know, to be able to work with Lauren Michaels was one of the producers on the uh, on the movie as well. I'm amazed that, you know, he's still there after what, 40 years or something. Still yeah. handling yeah. handling the show. Yeah. And that that was another first time director, Yorma Tacone, who uh, 
was one of the head writers at the time. He's part of the Lonely Island uh, with uh, Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer. Okay. They have a, they have a comedy troupe. Yeah. Oh, so oh. It was great. And Val was a trip, obviously, to work with. I, could, I can imagine. Imagine. Well, he had, up to that point, he had not done a lot of comedies. And uh, I don't know if he quite got that his character was kind of the, the, the brunt of the joke. But... <laughs> <laughs> but um, he he's quite an eccentric guy, to say the least. But I really enjoyed working with him. You see, a lot of people forget one of his first early films was Hot Shots. Hot Shots, I that's mean, right. Not, not Hot Shots, no, Top uh, Secret. Top Secret. Top, yeah. top Secret. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. No, I mean, he's people forget the body of work he's had, you know? It's, uh, it's a shame he's kind of stopped working, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I think he does more theater or travels around doing the. Does, is it Mark Twain that he plays? He plays some historical I, character. Yeah, I, I think it's Mark oh. Twain, but I know yeah, he's had he, some health issues as well. Right. Uh, well, when we, when we were shooting, you know, he lived in uh, New Mexico and we shot in Albuquerque. There was a rumor at the time he was going to run for governor of New Mexico. So we had a lot of a lot of very interesting political talks, as you can imagine, about politics at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want to say he is in. Uh, isn't he in um, the new Jay and Silent Bob film? Maybe so. I, I think you may be right, actually. Yeah. The, new, the one that. No, he's that, in the new Top Gun. He is. He is. Oh, yeah. He's in the remake. I mean, the new uh, Tom Cruise Top Gun. Yeah. He's in Top Gun. He's also in Jay and Silent yeah. Bob reboot. Yeah. So is he, he's having a bit of a comeback here. Yeah. And, and he is yeah, doing. He, he has been doing a lot of Mark Twain. Is that what it is, Mark Twain? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was touring around the country. Yeah. Which, interesting. which I could see him as Mark Twain. Totally. He has that look. Yeah. But his, I, I know we're talking about Val Kilmer at the moment. But his, no, no, his, I love it. His Jim Morrison <laughs> in the doors. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, know how much... You know, how much of that was just makeup? Because I know he didn't have prosthetics. Right. But, man, you look at some of the side-by-side pictures, and you're like, okay, which one's Jim? Which one's the real Jim? And which right. one's Val? Because <laughs> it was... It was I, amazing. It, it was absolutely amazing, yeah. I don't I don't even think... Was he nominated for an Oscar for that? I don't even know if he was nominated. I don't remember. Uh, he, if he wasn't, he should. should have. And a lot of people don't remember him as Batman, either. They forget yeah. that he was Batman, you know? So he's... <laughs> Quite a career. Bless opposite, you. Opposite Nicole Kidman. That's right. Wow. With, right. with yeah. one with one of my favorite villains, with Jim Carrey as Riddler. That's right. He was that was one of the best. So where are you guys? Where are you guys located? I'm I'm located in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, I, oh, okay. I work for the Mouse. Okay. Oh, there you go. The Mouse. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I'm a I'm in I'm an audio engineer uh, at Walt Disney World. Perfect. Orlando. Yep. Right outside. Right outside. And I am actually from Massachusetts. Oh, Boston. Um, a little west of Boston. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm in Palm Springs, so we're in like three totally different places here. That's <laughs> that's one of the great things about podcasting. I love it. Is we we could be sitting around at like a table as if we're at a convention, but over the yes, internet, right? Uh, I, well, I for think- those. 
for those of us who don't like to leave our house, you know, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for agor- agoraphobics, it's really good. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess let's we'll start at the beginning with MacGruber. How did you get cast for the role? I mean, was it a open casting call or? You know, um, it was actually it was actually just another audition. I had been in for this casting director before, but. Um, they cast it off tape. Um, I actually didn't meet the director until I got to uh, to uh, Albuquerque right before we started uh, filming. And I tell actors all the time, you know, you just you just never know. You just keep going out on auditions. And it was just another another audition on the round of auditions. But it was a good one to get. OK, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it worked out well for you. <laughs> Now, when you um, showed up on set and you saw everyone, uh-huh. were you were you a little starstruck? Well, I actually was. I, I'll be honest with you. I was more starstruck by Lauren Michaels because I, like I mentioned, I was a huge fan of SNL, and I don't know why I didn't think about him producing it because he he does produce all those SNL movies, but for some reason it just didn't didn't cross my mind. So um, the first day I had to meet Seth Meyers and. Will Forte and and Lauren. And when you haven't actually auditioned in front of people, sometimes you're always a little afraid of getting fired because right. they, they, they've only seen you on tape. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah. So you kind of show up hoping that you can sort of, you know, reproduce what you did on on tape. But they were great. The whole thing was amazing. Three three weeks in uh, Albuquerque. Oh, wow. In August, in August though, it's a little little hot. Now, was, <laughs> was, was that total film time or just the time uh, that you were on set? Oh, I was, no, I was there three weeks. I think they shot for about six weeks, maybe five or six okay. weeks. That's still yeah. impressive, even from back then. I know, right? Yeah. It was a um, pretty decent sized budget at the time. So, but they, um, yeah, I just, like I said, I think, I think it just was a little before it's time. You know, I think yeah. it's caught on since, do, I mean, since doing it, it's allowed me to do all kinds of comic cons and conventions and open up a whole different world of uh, all these kind of conventions where fans come out and, and uh, I've done comic con for like 10 years in a 10 years in a row now in San Diego. Oh yeah. Have you been to comic con? Not in San Diego. It is. There should be a documentary, you know, just on comic con because it's like, it's like a whole other world. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm surprised there isn't one. Yeah. Why don't, yeah. Actually, we should make one. We should. We, we just should. <laughs> That's an idea. Actually, all of those um, convention shows are very interesting because there's different levels. You know, there's like. I call it all the way down to sort of the carny, the carny levels of, right. uh, especially the horror conventions. I do a lot of horror films, so you those fans are really diehard. I mean, they know more about my career than I can remember, you know, and they get very adamant about it. So I, yeah. I gotta ask: Have you done Spooky Empire? No, I haven't. That's one of the big ones that's here in the Orlando area. Oh, I, yeah, no, I haven't done it. I'd love to do it. I'll have to try and get you either there or to MegaCon. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Especially get a, as many MacGruber casts together for MegaCon, since they like to do oh, themed guests. They like to reunions. have themed casts. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. That would be... That would, now, yeah, rumor... Be- 
Rumor has it, you know, Will Forte has been writing a sequel for the last oh. few years for uh, <laughs> for uh, MacGruber. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, so I don't know. That would be fun. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see ten years later where they've ended up. Yeah. Um, with all the wrestlers who appeared on set, and we talked about Chris Jericho and uh, Paul Wright. Uh, of course, there was Mark Henry and MVP and the Great Khali and, and Kane. Was there one who really uh, you enjoyed hanging around with? There was, or was there one that you, when you saw them, you're like, you know, kind of either awestruck or leery about going towards? <laughs> well, Chris, Chris Jericho actually turns out to be. He's a really good actor, actually. He's, um, I think he's got like movie star kind of quality to him. We were, we were telling him, you know, you should be doing a lot more. A lot more acting. Um, but those guys are massive. You know, they're huge. Yeah. I'm a I'm a little guy. I'm like five, seven, five, eight. So just <laughs> just to uh, to be around them was kind of, and Will Forte is small. Well, actually, Ryan Felipe, we were all kind of small. So around them, we look like, you know, little people next to them. We uh-huh. kept saying, don't don't walk next to us, please. No, no photos. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we can be on Apple Boxes. That's right. How about, how about Val Kilmer? Is he Val is um he's not that tall either, actually. He's he's a smaller guy. He he was he was a little larger. He had you know, was a little bigger in size when we did um the film. I don't know what, what size he is now, but he had gained a little weight. Um but you know, his character's name was Cunt, C-U-N-T-H. Mm. And so <laughs> but again, I don't I don't think he quite got he was very, you know, he was very method about the character and about playing. He took it very serious, you know, so we kind of got a kick a kick out of that. Yeah. So, so chances are he probably did understand, but wanted to play the straight man. Yeah, totally. He liked to improvise a lot, too, oh, which was which I do, too, which was good. But uh-huh. sometimes it was sometimes it was hard to get, you know, they generally like for you to get get the lines down a couple of times and then, you know, improvise. So sometimes with Val, we'd have to sort of sometimes the lines didn't quite get there. So we would just we would just move. We would just move on to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's a good guy. No, 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 you know, no hard feelings. It turned out really good. Yeah. 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 Who was one of your favorite people to work with on set? In the, in the film? Yes. Cast wise. Oh, um, I think, I think Will and, and Kristen, Kristen is really, she's really spectacular. You know, she's, uh, she's not the kind of comedian that's on all the time, but she, uh, she was constantly watching characters, wanting to like find characters to play on the new season of SNL. And one day we were in an elevator together and this lady came on and she was in all this turquoise jewelry, you know, from Santa Fe. And and uh, Kristen said to me, God, I love those kind of characters. And the next season on SNL, she tried it one time. She tried this one character with this lady that was just completely turquoise, but it, it never came back again. You know how sometimes they'll try something one right. time. And, yeah. Yeah. Work, yeah. But, yeah. But I remember being in the elevator and she was talking about this lady. So yeah, she's, a, she's amazing. <laughs> you must've laughed. You must've laughed pretty hard when you saw it then and remembered that. 
Oh yeah, because I was telling my friend, I was like, "Oh my God, there's there's the character." Um, <laughs> Ryan Felipe, Ryan Felipe was really a nice guy too. He was he was going through the middle of the big divorce with Reese Witherspoon and oh, flying back right. and flying back and forth to take care of the kids. And um, but yeah, he was a great guy. We've stayed in touch. Tim Murphy and I, Andy McKenzie, we've all stayed in touch. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good to get back together again. Well, let, let's hope there is a second MacGruber film, because I'd love yeah, to see Zeke back in the film. Well, you know, it's funny. Zeke gets killed, and I told uh, I told uh, Will that I don't want him to come back as a zombie. So he said maybe Zeke could come back from the dead. <laughs> hey, if they could, in Star Wars, if they could bring back uh, Darth Maul. Anybody can come back. And, there you go. Yeah, anyone Pretty can come much. back. Pretty much, yeah. So let me ask you, where did your title, your show, come from? Uh, you guys don't seem like geeks to me. Well, oh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 use the term geeks in a different way. Uh, a lot of people. You know, it's a it's a it's a good way. Yes, it's a yeah. good way. Um, you know, I think the best description. I I don't like using the word nerds. Right, right. Because uh, I like using the word geeks, and we we came up with the word geeks um, to to express a fandom because you know you got. Star Wars geeks, Star Trek mm-hmm. geeks, uh, Doctor Who geeks. Um, the Geek Squad. The Geek Squad, <laughs> which is a little different from on how they are using geek as opposed to us. Um, we, we saw anyone who is in fandom. I mean, jocks could be geeks because mm, right. they, they have the love for, for sports. Right. So they're sports geeks. Oh, we call them jocks. Um, but anyone could be a geek. You know, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a following of, you know, of fandom. Uh, so with my original co-host, uh, who was a coworker of mine, uh, from work, um, we're playing around with ideas and like, you know, there's toys are us. Well, we be geeks (laughs) and and it it just stuck and it's a, a catchy name. Well, you know, I have a I have a radio show. I have a podcast one on one with Jasper Cole. So I don't mean to turn. I'm I'm constantly no, turning just, the table. I'm always interviewing other people. That's why. Sorry, no, I didn't mean to turn it on you. Hey, we're okay yeah. with it too. Uh, not mean people turn the tables on us, and so we, <laughs> we like to have fun with it as well. Yeah, I love I love uh, doing the podcast as well because, uh, like you said, I like for it to just be like a. Some people hanging out at a dinner party and talking. So yeah. why don't you plug your show again? Yeah, it's a one-on-one with Jasper Cole, and it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, all the usual platforms. I, I know when we're done, I'm able to load up iTunes, I'm going to be subscribing. Oh, good. Please do. I'd love to have you guys on my show. That would be fun. That'd be great. And then we could turn That'd the tables on you on your show. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. That would be great. <laughs> so, um, did you have a favorite moment on MacGruber? Favorite moment? Uh, yeah, there was a uh, there's a big shootout scene where my character gets killed. Where um, we get to shoot the semi-automatic. I think it's every kid's dream, you know, to play like cops and robbers. But these were heavy ass guns. I mean, these were. We had to have training, you know. The funny thing about me, I play all these bad guys, but I'm the least. Like, I know nothing about guns, nothing about bow and arrows. You know, I just look mean. And so uh, people, my friends laugh when they see me shooting these big guns and killing people. 
But uh, it it was a big shootout scene at the end where um, Ryan Felipe and Will end up killing my character, Zeke. And I had one of these great death scenes where I get riddled with bullets and... (laughs) fall to the ground and but after do take after take my knees were bleeding the arms were bleeding the elbows were bleeding because you have to keep falling on the concrete you know so so no makeup required for that uh no no <laughs> the good thing about the characters i played the uglier the better okay i, I, I don't have so to look you had to, so you had to do your own stunts there when you were falling yes. well t- truth be told i just had neck surgery literally two days ago so I'm I'm, ta- I'm I'm talking to you guys on Norco, by the way. But um, a lot of the surgery I've had back surgery, and neck surgery from all the years of of doing stunt work uh, that I actually wasn't trained for. <laughs> oh, wow. well, you know, you're the you're the actor on the set, and and they'll say, Jasper, you don't mind just like rolling down the hill, do you? Or, hey, Jasper, can you hang out of that tree? And you, you don't want to be that sort of douchey actor who says no. Um, right. So, so I'm paying for it now. Um, the next film I'm doing in in uh, March, I've already asked for a stunt double because I'm getting mm. too old, too old and injured. <laughs> well, I, that's good to hear. I, didn't, I can understand yeah, that. Yeah. I just look, yeah. I look tough. It's just an illusion. <laughs> Total illusion. Hey, time takes its toll. <laughs> yeah, I say don't get old. Don't get old. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. Too late. I'm already there. <laughs> Please. No. Said Betty Davis said old age is not, not for sissies, I think, or something like that. And then she died. <laughs> Then she had another cigarette and died. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, Going back to so- something you had said earlier made me wonder. See, when we were talking about MacGruber, uh, um, popularity and stuff, especially like with millennials and stuff, it makes me wonder if they're aware of that it's a parody of, of MacGruber or if they even know the original MacGyver or just the right. new. Or... Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you find this. A lot of the young, the kids today are into all this retro. You know, they're into the vinyl, the yeah, old yeah. music again. And uh, what we, like uh, TV Land or, or My TV, a lot of those channels that show all the old TV programs. It, I, I, yeah. I'm always amazed, right, that they're kind of, it's like a couple, it skipped a couple of generations going back. And um, <laughs> they tend to be fans of these, especially from the 70s and 80s, a lot of the TV shows. So I think that's part uh, of it. The good old days. The yeah. good old days. Yes. Yeah, you guys yeah. are too young. You, you're too young to know the 70s. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, I, this is where we go off the cuff. Right. How old do you think we are? In your Maybe in your 40s, early 40s. Close. That, okay. That's one of us. <laughs> Not me. Well, <laughs> well, I'm fifty. I'm fifty-five. I'm so forty-five. You're forty-five. And how about you, Michael? I'm a year from fifty. Okay. Well, see, we're kind of all. I mean, yeah, we're close. We're, we're all right there. Yeah. We're close in there. Yeah. What, what is our gender? What are we? I forgot. What are we called? Uh, Not gen- we're, or we're. Well, I'm kind of at the, the end of the baby boomers, I think, right at the very end. Yeah. But you're you're more Gen X, yeah. maybe? Or, yeah. Um, I would say Derek's I'm, more I'm, Gen X. I'm, I'm right at that transition. 
<laughs> we'll just call you transition <laughs> transition <laughs> x you're, you're in transition x okay uh, uh yeah being, being uh-huh. born in in 70 right it, okay it's, again almost yeah. the tail end of the baby boomers but right. also right. enough of the uh gen x crowd we're we're both we're all uh pre-social media pre you know internet oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rot- yeah. Rotary, rotary phones, dial phones. Oh, my grandmother had yeah. this ro- had uh, one of the original rotary phones that was hardwired <laughs> to the house, so you couldn't move it from that spot. It was hardwired right. into the jack, <laughs> and you had to use like four fingers to oh, turn the rotary. It was that heavy. Right. And, and, heavy. The, and the handset. I mean, as a kid, you're holding it with two hands and still shaking because it was so heavy. <laughs> How about the antennas on the TV? Yeah. Do you remember the uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, dial, yeah. the cable dial? Not a cable, but the the thing you turn on the, the TV. The rotary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, and, and then you had the fine tune. Right when you hit hit one that was like, oh, it's barely coming in. Well, let me dial this fine tune <laughs> knob to get it. Well, I, I remember the first remote control as well. Be my oh, dad. Wow. Be my dad tapping me on the back. Go go change the channel. Go change the channel, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. When I was a kid, I had, I had a, I had a, we had a VHS and a Betamax. Oh my God. Ooh, you were rich. You were rich. <laughs> you were highfalutin. You were rich. But my, my dad, my dad was into all the, the high tech stuff back then. High tech. Yeah. But he, one day he came home and he goes, oh, I got a remote for the VR. It was a button with a wire <laughs> that plugged into the VCR and all the yeah. button did was play. Play. That's right. And that stuff was expensive, remember? Like yeah. a VCR was oh, yeah. really expensive back then. Yeah. Well, this is like three old guys, you know, sitting around I, talking. I was thinking about the title to be old. It's like, get off my lawn. <laughs> maybe maybe next year we'll change the title to We Be Farts. <laughs> we Be Old Farts. <laughs> we Be Old Farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be yeah. a good show for, for t- <laughs> I, would, I, I would tune in for sure instead of the official voice of the geek revolution get off my lawn you silly kids <laughs> Clint Eastwood Gran Torino yeah <laughs> yeah can you believe he's still directing oh yeah how about this uh um Richard Jewell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we remember that story, right? I'm, I'm actually from from Georgia. I'm from uh, Athens. I, I mean, I was living out here then, but still, I mean. It's, it's funny you say that. That's where my mom and my mom lives now. Uh, in Athens, Georgia? In Athens. Uh, oh, my God. She's been there a little over 16 years. Um, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, um, but their, the first 14 years they lived in, in that area, they were living in Statham. Statham, of course. Bogart and Statham. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Were they in, were they part of the university at all? No. University of Georgia? Um, okay. My, my dad worked for a company there called Power Partners. Okay. Uh, and they did all the Transformers, and then my mom was a teacher at, uh, in the West Jackson County School Districts. Well, yeah, my dad still lives. My dad now lives in uh, Watkinsville, right outside of Athens. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But growing up, you know, it was a great uh, – we had, like, REM, B-52s, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the new music scene there. Um, um, yeah. when, when my dad had passed that week, a uh, friend of the families took me around and showed me a couple of the clubs that REM and the B-52s played at. Like the 40-watt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about REM, uh, my brother and I, we were in New Orleans uh, with family. We were taking a family trip, and the two of us were just walking 
walking um, the Bourbon Street area, and we saw um, last performance of such or such a, a band. Like this sounds familiar, and the group and, and, and the noise coming out of the bar sounds familiar. We look inside, and it's REM. Oh my god! And they're retiring one of their fictitious names that they had oh, to perform in right. small bars to practice new material for, for clubs. Yeah, and, and it was one of those enough people had caught on to the name and had gotten out there um, amongst the, the grapevine. Uh, that they decided to retire this particular group name that wow. they were using, and we happened to, to catch part of it. Yeah, we used to go to like a church basement and, and listen to Michael Stipe's uh, sing back in the day. And, you know, it's funny how people made fun of him. You know, they thought he was kind of weird. And I can look mm-hmm. back now and I'm just laughing. But, you know, the good thing is they still live in, in Athens. Yeah. They have they they have a restaurant there and really supportive of the of the city. Athens is a cool little town. Actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, great little restaurants. Hill House. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But, yeah. you know, when you grow up there, you can't wait to leave because you want to get away from wherever you grow up. You See, know, I, I, I never grew up there. Uh, right. My parents moved there at, you know, many years after I got married, um, which well, was the case irony, with a lot of things. Well, the irony, you know, I, I left there to come to Hollywood because there was no work. Now, Atlanta has just become like. Hollywood South, you know, it's yep. yeah, which it's is what bigger than ever, which is what Orlando was when we that's, moved into the Orlando area in 96. That's right. That's what was slowly happening here between Universal Studios and at the time, Disney MGM Studios, both of them right. being more um, working sound stages along with the theme park. And right. I think with both of them now, they've both kind of shied away from the working studio aspect. Mm-hmm. And they're they're yeah. just more focused on being theme parks. Theme parks, yeah. Well, that's where all the money is. Yeah. That's where they're making all the bucks, right? Yeah. And Dis- Disney now bought Fox. So, I mean, Disney is taking over. Disney and Amazon are taking over the, taking over the world, I think. Uh, M- NBC's <laughs> yeah. doing their good share, too. That's true. Comcast, yeah. yeah. Comcast. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they made a big pitch for, uh, That's true. for Fox. And, yeah. and Disney just, even though they had more money, yeah. uh, Disney had more liquid assets available. That's true. That's true. Yep. Well, everything's changed it's ever since the big corporations bought all the studios um, for actors in particular. You know, there's no real middle class actor now. It's always it's kind of like there's the top tier actors and then the rest of us. And um, it's kind of like we have to sort of just fend for what what we can get. Well, let, let me ask this question, because uh, Derek and I are, are also involved with uh, a host of one of our sister shows that we're not a part of. Um, but he's with us on our Star Wars show called Wookiee Radio. Mm-hmm. And we had a guest two weeks ago. Was it Derek with Dominic? No, that was last week. Yeah. Was it last week? Yes, it was. Well, he coined, he used the term um, blue collar actor. Right. Would, yeah. Would you consider yourself that as well? Or yeah, what, what you I just think, what you just said? You have your high, your your high mm-hmm. um, high end actors, or well, we'll say the one percent top tier, top yeah. tier. Uh, not not to say A list, B list, because you you can have B or C list actors that are still top tier. Right. Right. Um, but as you said, you know, top tier and then blue collar. Yeah, be, I mean, we, we used to we used to call us to like, yeah, we used to call us the working class actor, you know, and uh, it's kind of like what's, it's just kind of been 
there was a time when we had quotes and, you know, we could do guest spots and we had worked up to a certain amount of money. And what's happened is all the movie stars are doing television now. So everyone in TV has kind of been bumped down a level. So if you were a series regular, uh, you're now a guest star. Then the guest star became a co-star. And because the corporations bought everything, we have to audition for like one and two lines now. I mean, everybody has an Mm. opinion. Every executive has an opinion. So I tell my friends and my older guys, you know, you either have to just roll with it or or get out of the business because it's kind of the way it is now. So I happen to love, I just love to work. So I just hang in there because I love doing it. But a lot of my contemporaries have sort of retired early. They just don't want to put up with it anymore. So, so in many ways, then Hollywood's becoming micromanaged. Micromanaging is indicative of sort of the country, you know. In a way, it's yeah. like the have and it's really the have and the have nots. And uh, and let me be let me be honest. Even those of us that are the middle class actors, I mean, we're not digging ditches, and we're 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 unless the role well, calls for it, <laughs> But we're well paid. <laughs> you know, I don't want to act like we're complaining, but everything's relative to whatever industry you know you're in right and um right the benefit you know they keep they raise the health insurance requirements every year more the way mm-hmm. the wages go down so um commercials which commercials used to be sort of my bread and butter um they've all gone non-union now 90 percent of commercials are no longer union commercials so you're not getting residuals like we used to get and that that's what a lot of us use to pay our health insurance um, mm. is um, their earnings from commercials. So it's kind of a piecemeal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But but, you know, it's um, it's still I love I love I always say I love between action and cut. A lot of the other stuff around the business is not as fun anymore, but I still love the work, the actual doing it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's what keeps that's what keeps me going. Yeah, as long as you still have that, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I also manage. I I have a management. I manage twenty five other actors. So oh. I also have a management company for the last sixteen, seventeen years, and um and I produce as well. So that you know keeps me busy in other areas. Yeah. Nice. What are nice. some of the other side products? I, I know we got the one-on-one with Jasper Cole, which goes to Scribe today. Uh, what are some of the other side projects you do? Well, I produce. I'm a producer on a uh, Amazon UMC series called a Bronx SIU. Um, Brian White. Yeah, we've we're in our third season. Um, Congrats. I, oh, thank you. Yeah, I produce uh, unscripted shows. I've got a couple of clients. One of my clients created the Netflix show Insatiable on Netflix. Um, it's oh, I love on, Yeah, it's based on his life. Um, so we produce together. My other client, Denise Boutet, she's one of Tyler Perry's protégés from a series called uh, Meet the Browns. Okay. So we've been, we've been working with Tyler for the last 15 years, really Really, ever since he kind of started his studio in Atlanta. Um, oh, cool. So I manage her and produce with him and her, and it's um it's been great. It's actually it's actually helped me as an actor because I don't have as much time to worry about the uh, the acting anymore. Sometimes when you're not worried about something, it kind of falls in your lap, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. When you're, when you're not chasing chasing it as as much, yeah. Yeah, that's it's good to to hear that you you're still keeping busy with all that other stuff too. Yeah, it keeps me in the business, and yet you know 
Um, I love the producing part. I tell all actors now, you really have to try to do more than just act because you have no control. Otherwise, you're just kind of at the mercy of other people giving you, you know, giving you a job. Right. Yeah. So it's been fascinating to be on the on the other side of the table, also in the casting process, because, you know, actors come in, we audition and we think we if we don't get a part, we think we must have really sucked or we did a really bad job. But 10 people can come in and every every person knock it out of the park. And there's just that one one quality that somebody has that gets them a job. It doesn't mean everybody else did a bad job. So that's that's been really enlightening. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's got to help a lot, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, actors, we're just a ball of insecurities. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, yes. <laughs> well, I always say it's you just have to learn to t- tame the beast, you know. You have to you have to like learn how to not be quite so insecure. I think I I, I can see that. Yeah, that can be real. But yeah. So I guess to really go back, why acting? What made you decide to get into acting? You know, that's just, it's a great question. I always tell people when sometimes I do these seminars or these panels, and I say to actors, if there's anything else you can do and be really happy, I think you should just get up and go do it because it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it can be a great life when it's working, but I think otherwise it's kind of a, you have to have a great passion for it. And uh, for me, I wanted to do it ever since I was a kid, but I didn't, I didn't pursue it until I was in college. Um, I was the youngest of four guys. I was an athlete. It wasn't a real cool thing to do when I was growing up. So I, uh, I, I waited till I was older to pursue it. Um, I started in theater. So for me, theater is like a natural. It was just the the thing to do. TV and film kind of came later. Um, there's nothing quite like doing a stage production, right. having the audience there and, you know, that that interaction. And, and, so, you, and you get that uh, almost instant gratification of right. either you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. Right. And it's kind of once the curtain opens, it's it's kind of you the whole time. TV and film, you know, we do little bitty, you shoot little scenes, you don't know what it's going to look like. You go away, like like I said, Captured was five or six years. You have no idea what it's going to look like when it comes out. So, right. um, yeah, it's kind of out of your control. Right. I'm one of the few actors who don't want to direct either, so... Ah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's the hardest job ever, I think. Direct. I can imagine. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll stick with being an audio engineer. <laughs> right. Well, listen, you're that's really amazing what you do. Also, that's oh, a big talent, you. talent, talent. Yeah. Yep. So, were did you have any inspirations? I, I'm not going to say idols or or uh, heroes. Uh, I, I, I like using the phrase inspirations. Um, acting inspirations. Yes. Yeah. Well, when I was young, yeah, I kind of gravitated toward sort of the like the Montgomery Cliff. I mean, some of the older actors, like I saw a movie, A Place in the Sun with Shelley Winters and Elizabeth Taylor. Um, I wasn't really I know a lot of actors love the Brando, Pacino, uh, you know, De Niro. For me, I, I, I found that a little over the top. I always like a little more subtle a little more subtlety in acting. Um, I was fortunate years later to work with Sam. Sam Elliott is one of my Ooh. favorite actors, and I got to work with him in, in 98. Um, and he's just a cool guy. He taught me, like, 
take the work seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. And I learned a lot from him. I love people like Jeff Bridges. See, you know, that, they just oh, he, and now you can almost be cast as Sam Elliott's brother. Well, see, thank you. I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. I, the funny, the funny thing is, people think that I'm Danny, that I'm uh, Danny Trejo. And so, I mean, the funny, I mean, I loved, I love Danny, but you know, he's like, he's Hispanic. I'm not, which is fine. He's like 75, I'm 55, but, um, but I, I would, I would love to work with him just so we could be, you know, side by side. And, uh, people, t- people come up to me all the time and talk about machete and, and different movies. And lately I just, I just pretend I'm him. <laughs> I, I just go, Oh yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's just easier that way. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I, lo- I like, um, I like uh, Sam, Sam and Jeff and, you know, Harry Dean Stanton, for example, that was a great character actor that I really loved. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna really age me, but do you remember Gunsmoke? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. How about I, I Fest- still I still Festus. watch it every now. Oh, Festus is awesome. Yeah, those are the kind of parts I was always sort of gravitating. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't play them till I was older because I didn't quite look like this then, but. um but those are the parts I kind of always was attracted to character roles. That would be cool to see a a Gunsmoke movie or a remake or, or or a remake, but still, even if it was taking the original scripts and redoing the original scripts, right? Because they're redoing everything else, right? Yeah, yeah, everything. Unfor- unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, late, but but yeah. I, would, I, would, I mean, the show was great then, but you could tell it was on a on a studio with a good chunk right. of it. Uh, I would love to see with the technology out there now it just redone um modern age to have to have right. that different different film vibe or stock vibe oh to yeah it. you're right that would be have like a kevin costner redo it mm-hmm. you know he, he's great yeah. with westerns yeah yeah did you guys see deadwood the movie are you a deadwood yes fan? yeah yes it's not yeah. the, derek's not the deadwood that we had cast on yes oh okay <laughs> Yeah, there was a Actually, another yeah. independent film. Um, it was something, Some, something Deadwood. <laughs> We're drawing in blank. We we've had a lot of guests near oh, yeah. since October, sure. which has been great. Um, yeah, but that cast was a great cast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you guys are big sci-fi guys, right? Oh yes. yeah, love sci-fi. Uh, I love um, I love comedies as well, um, mainly sci-fi. But I, I depending on the western, mm-hmm. uh, I do like good westerns. Yeah, yeah, I like good western. But you're right. There are all those great like. Um, Big Valley. Now I'm thinking about Big some Valley's of the old TV great. shows. Do you remember Wagon Train? Yes. Yep. So Robert Horton, who was one of the actors on there, he was a uh, sort of a mentor of mine, my first acting coach when I moved to oh, very to cool. L- to L.A. and I got to be close to he and his wife. He passed away about four years ago, but um, I learned a lot from him as well. Well, he and Ward Bond didn't get along on Wagon Train, but um, if you catch that now on like TV Land, 
you realize, wow, you know, it was all shot on a soundstage and yeah. just how primitive the whole thing kind of was. Yeah. It was really cool, too, with like uh, Bonanza. You Bonanza, what yes. Was, what was soundstage and then what did they actually film out, out, out yeah. on location? Right. Um, and and it, for back then, the way they were able to merge the two together, scene to scene. Right. And it's like, okay, maybe maybe the house really isn't on a soundstage. Right. It's I mean, hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, and they did a great job then. But, I mean, now you could do it where right. stuff's not right. on a soundstage. Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's almost like we're we're playing name the Western game. See how many other Western shows you can remember. Uh, the Rifleman. Oh my God, Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors. Yes. For, former cl- pro football cl- football that quarterback. Was cla- that was classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know you mentioned Big Valley. Bonanza. Bonanza. Uh, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Uh, wagon train. train. High, cha- high Chaparral. Yeah. Do you remember that one? I mean, that's yep. before us, but well, but we watched it in reruns. We can't we can't forget the Lone Ranger. Oh, all right. like more. <laughs> who would that's not right. get? Who would not give it up? Even in the eighties. That's right. That's right. Um, there was a there was a spinoff of Big Valley, wasn't there? Oh, let's see, Big Valley. Sean and Shenandoah. I thought Shenandoah was a movie. Oh, it may have been. Okay. Um, I want to say either Gunsmoke or Big Valley had a spinoff, or unless Big Valley was the spinoff Gunsmoke. Could have been, actually. And then later on, you had Little House on the Prairie. Right. Michael Michael Landon. Yep. yep. Who was in yeah. Highway to Heaven. Yep. He was a great guy. I didn't know him personally, but people I know who worked for him really loved him a lot. He was, and, yeah. And for, for me... I always enjoyed later in life when I, when I was older. I think I was high school when I discovered it. Your your main two stars, Michael Landon and uh, Melissa Gilbert. Oh yeah, both Jewish mm. playing very devout <laughs> Christian characters. That's, that's right. And they that's pulled right. it off so well. It, it, it was true. awesome. Um, and here's here's a bit of trivia for you. Do you know who was originally meant to play Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke, but mm-hmm. turned it down because he was afraid of being typecast? Oh, wow. Uh, no. Marcus <laughs> Welby? I'm kidding. It's the person who <laughs> actually introduced the cast to the world in the very first episode, John Wayne. John Wayne, wow. And didn't want to be typecast. He didn't want to be typecast as a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> How did, how did that work out for him? Uh, I think he ended up being typecast as a cowboy for a while. But he all the way to the bank, yeah. But he he introduces the characters and 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 the actors in the very first episode. I didn't know that. That's yeah. good trivia. That's a good one. Yeah, wow. I, love, I love trivia. Yes. Uh, by the way, Mike, the movie we remember earlier was Once Upon a Time in Deadwood. That's it. Thank oh, you. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and yeah. if you haven't seen it, it's a great I, Western. It's a, I, it's a great I indie it. film Western. Yes. Yeah. Really uh, cool. Lauren Compton. That's the one that we interviewed Lauren Compton in, right? Right. Yeah. 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 That was, that was a good one. Absolutely. That was yep. a great film. Well, now we're in awards season, you know, so all the uh, SAG awards just came out, the nominations, Golden Globes, right. Os- Oscars will be coming probably in January, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I can't keep up with all the films and TV I shows. I can't either. I, I think there's uh-huh. too, I think there's too many films put up for uh, best picture. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, it was great when. Okay, here's five films. Now we're up to what eight, ten, 12, eight or ten. Yeah. Five. Are they still? 
I thought they were, I thought they were going to cut back because they didn't they realized that wasn't working. But I guess not. Last year there was like eight to ten for best picture. Uh, yeah. And on the TV front, I mean, for actors, it's great. There's, there's all these platforms now, but I can't keep up. I, like, I'll read in the trades where it'll say, like, such and such show renewed for season four. And I'm thinking, season four? I've never even heard of it. Yeah. I know. You know, there there's so many, so many shows now yeah. on platform, oh, all the on the streaming I, networks. Yeah. I, I have a whole list of shows I still want to get to someday. Oh, me, uh, me too. I, I still need to watch The Tick on Amazon Prime, even though that's now done. <laughs> oh, I yeah, that's right. Me too. I've got a whole thing. The, the, yeah. The I show can't. you just mentioned, Insatiable, that just came out with season two, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, season two just came out. You're right. It kind of uh, it kind of goes in a strange direction, but it's it's still good. But it kind of I would say it jumps the shark, but kind of in a good way, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's a challenge for you as a producer. Uh How about a show that jumps the shark every other episode? I like that. Still maintains to be a hit. That's a good idea. That's the whole whole running gag of the show. (laughs) Is it just constantly jumps the shark? Shark. Didn't Lost Lost end up doing that? I don't know. I couldn't make it it past the third episode. It's like Westworld. I, I I was on Westworld and I couldn't tell you anything that was going on or what time period we were in or anything. So, but that's an example of the 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 lot that they shoot the the old place that they shoot Westworld um, is a famous Western set and you go you pull up to it and you have the the Western set and then they roll back these doors and you're in that contemporary you know, laboratory scenes for right. Anthony Hopp. It's, it's <laughs> mind-blowing how you go from one time frame to the next, and it's so amazing. But as far as the show goes, I don't have a clue what's going I, on. I, I yeah. love Westworld. Do you love, know what's I, happening? Do you follow it? You, you can... I, I follow it some. Right. Um, yeah, but the stuff... I, mean, I, just I, like, I, it just I haven't seen dead. season two, mm-hmm. um, but I love uh, season one. See, yeah, it, season, it's... Good, but. Were you a Game of Thrones guys? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I try to. I don't want to think that hard when I'm watching TV. <laughs> it gets a lot it's of there's a lot of characters to remember and yeah yeah. See, yeah. We, have, we have a great show for you then. You don't want to think that hard. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus and it's called The Mandalorian. Really? Yes. yes. It's amazing. If you love Star Wars and haven't yeah. been, and haven't been happy with the current trilogy, and it's called Mandalorian. I've heard it's of called it. The Mandalorian. I've heard of it. This is where Baby Yoda comes from. Oh, okay. <laughs> but outside of even without, if Baby Yoda wasn't in this, the show would still be awesome. And it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Okay, I'll check it out. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah. So I'm going to put out there because uh, we've been on for quite a while. I know. We're just talking, talking. Any final questions it. from anyone since we've already turned the tables? I Well, I have one question for you. Um, so I just subscribed to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to know what can I expect from it? <gasps> well, Great question. I kind of I kind of cover a lot of topics. I, I have poli- t- politics, celebrities. My latest thing is I've been really covering the homeless crisis in Los Angeles because uh-huh. you know we, we we have one of the worst situations. Uh, Fifty to seventy thousand 
homeless people in what we call Skid Row in downtown LA due to the lack of housing in Los Angeles. So I do, I do episodes called the heroes and horrors of homelessness. I play a lot of homeless characters. And so one day I suddenly looked around and I thought, Jasper, you know, look around you. There are all these guys and families and single mothers living on the street. So that's an on that's an ongoing uh, crisis that we cover, and we bring on uh, local officials and uh, people to talk about the the situation. But I have pop stars, I have movie stars, I have directors, kind of just people that I like to uh, to sit and talk to from all cool. walks of life. Yeah, sounds good. We cover it all. And, and soon, some podcasters. What's that? <laughs> and soon, some podcasters. Yes, and some uh, two guys from We Be Geeks <laughs> coming up soon. I hope. Yeah, I do. We also do a live show every thir- every Thursday night, uh, six o'clock on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Okay, love you. Have you guys Skype oh. in on that sometime? Oh, cool. That would be great. Yeah, That'd yeah, be great. Perfect. Yeah. Um, what are some upcoming projects you're working on? Well, I I just got cast in a now. Get ready for this title. Um, the Hell of the Screaming Undead. The Hell of the Screaming Undead. That's <laughs> wow. my, new, okay. my new horror film. But I will say it's the first, my first lead in a horror film. So that's a big deal for me. Um, cool. Congratulations. Yeah, we're shooting in March with another great actor, Mike Ferguson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And... Uh, <sighs> Has, has to do with the zombies and the apocalypse, and we play two escaped convicts who sort of uh, escape to try to save Los Angeles after a, a virus breaks out and starts killing people and turning them into zombies. So there'll be a, a lot, a lot of action and hopefully a lot of stunt doubles. <laughs> Now you're so, making now you're making me jealous because I also run a Marvel show and would love to oh, get someone from Agents of Shield on the show. Okay, well Mike Ferguson, he's a great guy. He uh he's going to be in the film with me, so we have to hook him up. You, you may have to hook us up. I will. I definitely awesome. will. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's my next thing coming up. I you know I hope to go back to the rookie. I play Crackhead Fred on the Rookie on uh, ABC. That's right. That was a great episode. So yeah, so we you know. Know, we're hoping to bring him back and he's got a wife named Wilma and uh I don't know if the kids are Pebbles and Bam Bam but but, <laughs> but yeah lots of lots of good TV stuff coming up so that's good that, yeah. that's cool that's good to hear well thank you guys for having no me problem. on well before we go any further yeah. where can people find you online it's the important part absolutely on Twitter and Instagram it's Jasper Cole says S-A-Y-S and my show is one-on-one J. Cole or you can just go to my website jaspercole.com and uh, everything's there the links to my show all my acting um, social media all that stuff awesome awesome oh we thank you for for joining us this week well listen thank you guys great to meet you oh our pleasure and we're gonna see you over on one-on-one with jasper cole yes well we'll have to figure out when after the first of the year we can do that that sounds great so uh happy holidays also happy holidays to you sir oh and on that note want to know more So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club?
This has been a Weeby Geeks production.